My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 52 of The Kate Show. I can't believe I've been podcasting for an entire year. Oh my goodness. A year ago, I had no idea what I was doing. So if you go back and listen to the first few episodes, you'll probably be able to tell. But I'm not going to take them down. First of all, they contain information that is still helpful and relevant to marketing your business in the home industry. But second, it honestly is good for anyone who is aspiring to be a podcast host to see where I started and where I am now. And I'm by no means the best of the best. I'm just better than I was. And I finally have a good intro and all of that stuff. So if you are ever considering podcasting or you know someone who is, Tell them to go listen to the beginning and end of The Kate Show because you're going to see a night and day difference. You're going to see me figuring things out and muddling through. And I've been a firm believer in the fact that done is better than perfect. So when I started podcasting, I knew I was going to make mistakes. I knew that my first episode was going to make me cringe, and it does, but that's okay because everybody has to start somewhere in podcasting and marketing in business and life in general. Better to just do something and begin than to wait until it's perfect because that day will never come. Now guys, today I'm going to dive into the more personal side of my business and share with you 10 things I don't do to market my business. Now it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do them but it does mean that you should take the same philosophy that I do when it comes to marketing. I look at something and I think, number one, is my ideal client going to see this? Number two, does the potential results outweigh the investment of money or time I'm putting in? And number three, do I even like doing this? Because if I don't like doing it, I'm not gonna do a good job at it and my audience will be able to tell. So I hope that you find this informative and helpful. Let's dive right in. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. The 10 things I'm about to tell you that I don't do to market my business are not in any particular order. I just have them listed as I thought about them. And guys, I have major pregnancy brain, so my brain is just all over the place. Half the time, I don't know where it is. I can't remember a darn thing. So ladies, hopefully you feel me, you understand where I'm coming from. But that also means that I have to approach my marketing in a very strategic way because whether you are expecting to grow your family or you already have kids or your kids are grown and now you're transitioning into a new phase of your life and your career and your business you have to make sure that you're using your time wisely and even though i have a team and even though when i'm on maternity leave business will continue as usual for my company i am still the one doing all of my own marketing because well why not i'm a marketer right so i have to be careful that i am not wasting my time effort or money into marketing efforts that will never pan out for anyone let's just be real 
or that just don't make sense for my business or for the people I'm trying to reach. And the people I'm trying to reach are you guys. So I am constantly thinking about you. I hope you feel special. You're always on my mind. So I'm going to start with number one, the thing I do not do to market my business. And somebody else is probably doing this. I see a lot of people doing this. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it, but I have chosen not to, and I will tell you why. So number one, I don't really do Instagram stories. I just don't. I don't do Instagram live video. I don't do IGTV. And there's a reason for that. Okay, so with Instagram stories, a lot of people rely on putting graphics up, which is okay, but if that's all you're doing and you're never showing your face on Insta stories, it really lessens the effectiveness of it because the whole point of social media is to be social, to show up as a person. And if all you're doing is spending hours creating beautiful graphics for your Instagram stories that go away after 24 hours, unless you highlight them on your profile, honestly, it's a waste of time. I have seen how other influencers, not just in this industry, but in um, social media at large, when they become successful, it is not because they created beautiful graphics that got people's attention. It's because they showed up in photos, in their stories, in live videos as a real person. So while it might feel more comfortable to do a bunch of graphics that people can tap through on Instagram stories, it takes so much time to create and upload those graphics and it just doesn't have the same big impact that showing one's face does. Therefore, I don't do it. Now, it does not mean that I never do Instagram stories. I rarely do them and I keep it as something fun for myself. It might be a video of my dog. It might be something that I'm wanting to talk about that day, or I might share a post so that people will go check it out. But I do not use it as a place to basically set up a PowerPoint. I know that some people do, and if it's working for you, awesome. But I can tell you I have not seen it work as well as actually showing up on stories as a real person. And Instagram stories is something that has been hyped up a little bit too much in marketing. It is a flashy, shiny new feature of Instagram, but nothing beats having consistent, regular posts with that 25 to 30 hashtag set in the first comment and an engaging caption. Sometimes the caption is far more important than the image. And it's good if you can recognize and remember that you do not need to be using all of the latest fancy pants gadgets that Instagram or Facebook have to offer. You just need to show up consistently and authentically. Okay, the second thing I do not do currently to market my business might come as a surprise to some of you. But then again, once I say it, you'll be like, oh, that's right. She doesn't do that. And here it is. I, as a business, do not participate in vendor fairs or expos, which means you've never seen me set up a booth at High Point. You've never seen me at any other sorts of markets, Vegas market and so on. And it's not because I'm against those things, but it's because after being in the business world for long enough and having attended these expos or participated in them under the umbrella of an employer, 
I've started to realize that there are some issues with that entire setup. First of all, there is this thing called attendee overwhelm. You all have been there, okay? You are walking through this enormous expo building and you're going from vendor to vendor and booth to booth and some are really pretty and some are really not so pretty and you're like, okay, free stuff, who has the chocolate? I just wanna know because I'm really hungry and where is a chair because I need to sit down. Now, someone who is in that mindset is not going to be a good candidate for selling your services to. And I've realized that. I realized that really quickly watching some of my former employers talk to these people who were clearly worn out. They didn't want to be there anymore. They just wanted to go have lunch and take a nap. Now, there are these people who are super excited to be there and they love grabbing up all the freebies and they will talk to you for a good half hour at your booth. But here's the thing. Once they walk out the doors of that expo, they've got free stuff from so many other companies and a lot of it just goes straight into the garbage without a second glance or a second thought. That is why I do not think it is wise for my business to invest in showing up as a vendor at some sort of fair or expo. Now, it doesn't mean that I will never attend one. I have nothing against that. And I would honestly love to, but of course, now I'm expecting and I'm trying to keep travel to a minimum. When I do start attending these events, it will be for the purpose of meeting you guys. I would love to meet you guys in person. I have met so many wonderful people through the internet as a result of running Socialite, but I haven't met a client in person in years. And the only reason I met any of them in person was because they were in my geographic area before. And for those of you who don't know, I'm based in Wisconsin near the capital. And most of my customers are on the East Coast. Some are on the West Coast, some are down South. I've got customers in the UK and Australia and Canada. And I would love to start meeting you guys. So my dream, I can't even call it a goal right now because I'm not taking action towards it, but my dream would be to host a meetup at like High Point or something or have it around the same time as High Point and have it nearby so that a bunch of you can just meet up. We can have some wine, some more d'oeuvres and just chat, chat about your business and marketing and just be able to have a more personal connection instead of those emails that all of you get from me. I have found that having those personal moments and those connections are what end up selling far better than having someone just walk past a booth when they're already so overwhelmed with everything else going on around them. Now, the other problem is having a booth can be extremely expensive and it can sometimes be worth it. And I am definitely not against doing that or investing in those things when there is a proven ROI. But after doing this for my employers in the past and then talking with other business owners even now, I can see that the ROI is often lacking. And sometimes it is the fault of the business owner. Maybe their booth had a bad location. Maybe they didn't set it up correctly. Maybe they weren't as personable as they should have been with event attendees. There are a lot of things that go into it. 
and it's just not something that I am at all interested in doing. And there is so much freedom in being able to say, hey, you know what? I know that a lot of people are doing this and other people are saying I should do this, but I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Isn't that like bizarre? It's such a rebellious thing to think, wait, I can actually call the shots here and say, no, not right now. It doesn't mean no, not ever. It just means right now, I'm good. I have referrals coming in from so many other places. I don't need to be there in that way. But like I said, guys, I would love to have a meetup around the time of High Point. So more to come on that, but it's going to have to be after I have this baby. The third thing I do not do to market my business will not come as a shock to any of you, okay? Print marketing and advertising. You guys know I don't do it. You know I'm not a fan of it. The reason is multi-leveled. First one is it's difficult to track the effectiveness of any sort of print advertising and they have an increasingly low return on investment because you have to remember a couple decades ago print advertising was the way to go that's all we had the internet was not a big deal yet and email marketing was in its infancy so print was just the way to do it it was the only way but now times have changed and our marketing tactics need to change along with them or we're going to be spending a lot of money and a lot of time doing something that just doesn't work so if you're considering print advertising, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it, but you need to make sure that wherever your ad is showing up is where your ideal client is already naturally going to be looking. You cannot expect people to go flip through a magazine to find your ad, and you have to make sure that if you're going to have an ad, it needs to be bigger than one eighth of the page. It needs to be big enough, you know, ideally half the page, in order to actually get people's attention. But you also have to keep in mind the cost of print advertising is also significantly larger than digital advertising and the return on it is significantly lower. So be very selective in what print advertising you choose to do. The fourth thing I don't do to market my business is send multiple email newsletters per month. I have found that the more frequently I email my list, the less they want to hear from me. But if I wait more than a month to reach out to them, they tend to forget who the heck I am. So I have found that emailing people every four weeks is the sweet spot. It doesn't irritate people. In fact, I rarely get unsubscribes anymore. And it helps people to keep me and my company top of mind. And I have applied this same strategy to Socialite Vault and the many people who have us sending email newsletters on their behalf. And a lot of times I will have someone ask, well, can you send a newsletter for me every week or every two weeks? And I will say yes to the every two weeks. We can do that. But if your open rate goes down, if a lot of people start to unsubscribe, it means we are sending them too much. We need to scale it back to once a month. And then I have people on the other end of the spectrum who are like, well, I just want one newsletter every other month or every quarter. And to that I say, well, then you might as well not do it at all. Reason being, you're not going to be in touch with them enough to stay top of mind. I mean, every two months, that's a long time. Three months is even worse. So you need to make sure that 
you are sending a newsletter once a month and that is what I do in my business let me tell you it is still extremely effective I will still get responses I still get people booking projects that are thousands of dollars and my clients get the same thing too. It is something that just works. And you guys have probably seen me say this on social media lately or heard it in a previous episode, but email marketing is 40 times more effective than Facebook. So you guys need to pay attention to this one, especially since email marketing requires much less effort than Facebook. I mean, sending one newsletter a month means 12 newsletters a year. That is so easy, you guys. That is so not a big deal. The fifth thing I don't do to market my business is obsess over how many social media fans I have. Currently, I still have less than 2,000 on Instagram, guys, and I'm totally okay with that because I still end up getting clients through social media, which is honestly never my goal, and I never recommend that you guys make it your goal, but sometimes it does happen, and for me, it happens quite a bit through Pinterest, through Instagram, through Facebook, and like I'm not even that active on Pinterest right now, so I always find that hilarious, but people are definitely watching you, and you need to pay attention to the people who are currently watching you versus trying to chase down all the other people who haven't liked your page or followed you on Instagram yet. Those people don't matter. Just focus on the tribe that you already have, even if you've got a 100 followers or less. There's no shame in that. And the number of likes next to your name doesn't indicate how successful you are or not successful you are as a business person. I know people who have tens of thousands of followers and they only make about $500 a month off of being an influencer. So it really doesn't pan out. It does not help your bottom line. And it creates a lot of needless stress in your life if you're like, oh, why can't I get more followers? No, because remember, the whole point of social media is to send traffic, to send people from social media to your website, get them in your mailing list where they can get your 12 newsletters a year and become your clients. That is what matters. The sixth thing that I don't do to market my business, or I should say I only do it very rarely, are social media ads. And that is on purpose, all right? So I've done social media ads on Facebook and Instagram, and I have found that they have a poor return on investment compared to when one of my collaborative partners recommends me or shares something that I wrote. For example, I am part of the WCAA. I'm an industry partner. I'm on their national board. And it comes with quite a few awesome perks. One of them being um, Lauren, the marketing director at WCAA, will send out something for me uh, to their list on my behalf. And I get such big results from that because again, email marketing is way more effective and it's coming from someone that my customers trust and they're recommending me. And that stamp of approval is what makes a sale. Now, I can also say the same is true for the International Association of Home Staging Professionals. I'm part of that as well. And anytime they send out an email announcing a new product that I have at socialitevault.com, I always get a wave of new customers. And it is, again, for the same reason, because this wonderful organization has put their stamp of approval on me. That is what makes 
all the difference. So running a social media ad on my own, trying to reach these same people, is not going to have the same effect because it's like, oh, well, who is this person? But when you are introduced to a new person by someone that you already trust, it really helps to boost the no like and trust factor that you'll automatically have for that person. So that's why I have found social media ads should only be used strategically. Like if I have a lead magnet I'm trying to promote to grow my mailing list or something. It's not a long-term strategy. And besides, the cost to run social media ads are actually going up. Why? Because Facebook and Instagram are one big business and they want to increase their revenue just as much as you do. The seventh thing I do not do to market my business is write a blog. Now, you're probably freaking out like, what, Kate, you always say we're supposed to be blogging. Well, here's the thing. This podcast and its associated show notes every week replace the need for a blog because this is basically a blog and a podcast. And because of that, it has twice the reach. It will actually show up on a bunch of podcasting platforms. And of course, it shows up on my website, on the internet, SEO, so on and so forth. That is really great for me because it means that I can repurpose a lot of content. So I can be talking into the microphone right now and that can become a blog post and it can become social media posts. And that is what I want you guys to think about next time you're creating content for marketing. How can I reuse this? It is not about reinventing the wheel every time we need to post something on social media or create a blog post. It's about thinking, what have I already done and how can I use it right now? Now on this point, I do want to add a slight caveat. I have heard a very interesting rumor flying around that in order to keep your website current and fresh, you should be adding like of three or four new pages to it every month and I've got to say guys if somebody's telling you that the truth is they just want your money every month there's absolutely no reason why you should have to add new pages to your website even if it's they say each page is targeting a new area geographic area new demographic whatever that is actually called keyword packing and it's a very outdated SEO strategy. So if you're looking to keep your website fresh and have good SEO, make sure that you're blogging one to four times a month. Choose something in there that works for you and stick to it. And make sure you're sharing that blog post on social media. Those activities are what really help boost your SEO. There is absolutely no reason why you need to be paying someone a lot of money every month or any money every month to create new pages on your website. Just start blogging, guys. It, it, it's great, it's what it's there for, and it helps people get to know you on a whole new level. But if you're like me and you want to really repurpose content, you could always start a podcast. I know that sounds insane, I know it sounds scary, but if it's something you want to do, then remember what I said at the beginning of this episode. When I started podcasting, I really had no clue what I was doing, and I was so nervous when I hit record for the first time. But it has absolutely catapulted my business into a whole new level of everything, and I know it would do the same for you. As long as you know who your ideal client is and you know how to speak to the problems they have. The eighth thing I don't do to market my business is I don't limit myself to posting just my own photos on social media. So you guys may have guessed it, 
I will occasionally use stock photos as part of my social media feed and I really like that because I'm not a photographer so I just don't have an endless supply of photos that look good but I can still make my feed look curated based on what my followers are liking and on what represents my business best. Now, I figure out what types of images and captions you all like the most and the least by using this handy free tool called GabStats. So if you go to GabStats.com and log in with Instagram, you will be able to find out which posts are your most liked and your most commented on as well as the least liked and the least commented on and maybe it's just because you got a little bit lazy with the captions and that's why people didn't like them because again sometimes the caption is way more important than the image but maybe it was actually the image and if you start to see a trend like one of my Instagram clients I put her into this system and I found out that her followers really don't like it when we post photos that include flowers no idea why but they just never do as well as other photos so now we know don't post flower photos but we do know to post other types of photos and that is just really helpful so go to gabstats Dot com to figure this out for yourself and I will put that in the show notes to this episode so that you can go check out the link. Okay number nine the thing I'm not doing to market my business is going to networking events or participating in groups that are not industry specific. So I'm totally for really great associations. I already mentioned the WCAA and the international home staging organizations, but they work because they are niche focused. You're not going to find bankers and lawyers in there. You're not going to find insurance agents in there. You're going to find home stagers or for the WCAA, you're going to find upholstery workrooms, window treatment workrooms, interior designers, and that's my market. Those are the people I want to reach. So if I get asked to be in an organization or even just a small group of people that really, I mean, there's no potential collaborations there. There's no niche clients there. It's not for me. It ends up being a waste of time. And I, of course, figured this out the hard way because when I first started my business, I thought, okay, I need to be in BNI. And I know a lot of you have been in BNI and you might still be right now. And if it's working well for you, then just skip the next 30 to 60 seconds of this podcast episode. I don't want to offend you, but I do want everyone else to know that when you are in a situation where you're basically pressured or forced to give referrals or receive referrals, those referrals are often low quality and they can lead to the worst clients and the most miserable projects. And those weekly meetings and those meetups after work end up being a real waste of time. So I would suggest to you that you make sure the groups you are in, whether they're just a time investment or even a financial investment as well, make sure they are full of people who would potentially hire you. If they're not, it is not worth it. You need to protect your marketing dollars and you need to protect your time most of all because we all can go out and make more money, but we cannot go make more time. Time is the most important asset that you have in business. 
All right, so the 10th and final thing I don't do to market my business is I never lead with price. Whether I am talking about a podcast or recording a podcast, how about that, or I'm writing a blog post, like at the show notes for this episode, or I am on social media, I never talk about the price as the very first thing, whether it is a product or a service I'm selling. Because guys, price is not a selling point. I know that sounds very ironic, but you need to make sure that when you're talking about your services, you always lead with the impact that service will have on your client, the emotions that client will feel, the results that client will experience, and the tremendous value all bundled up in this service or this product of yours. And at the very end, as a little end PS, this is how much the investment will be. And it is awesome when you can lead with the right things. If you lead with price, you will attract the bargain hunters. If you lead with quality, you will attract people who not only have deeper pockets, but who truly want what you're offering. That is why you'd never want to come across as a car salesman. That is the easiest way to make good clients turn around and run. All right. So guys, I hope this was helpful to you. These are the 10 things that I have decided not to do to market my business. And there are some of these things that I'm sure will change and evolve over time because as the industry changes, as technology changes, and as we change as people, our marketing and our businesses must adapt along with it. Otherwise, we won't grow anymore. So as of right now, in January, almost February, 2019, This is what I'm choosing not to do. And I am protecting my time and my resources. And I hope that you guys will look at your marketing and cross off the things that are a huge waste of time or that you don't like doing. But if there are things you don't like doing but you know you need to do, make sure you outsource them to the right people because they'll like doing it. And because they like doing it, they'll probably do a better job than you if you hate doing it. So make sure that you are clear on what you need to be doing and get rid of that guilt that says you need to be doing it all to market your business because you don't, all right? I always tell people that if you can do nothing else, make sure you're just active three times a week on one social media platform, make sure you're sending that monthly newsletter and make sure you have a good website. That's really all you need. Until next time, guys, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.